You're listening to Sprott Money's Monthly Wrap-Up with Craig Hemke. Greetings, everyone, from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. It is now the end of March, specifically March the 30th, 2023. And it's time for your monthly wrap-up. I'm your host, Craig Hemke. And joining me for this monthly wrap-up is my fellow Sprott Money contributor, David Brady. David, uh, my kind of technical analyst, he's very good at what he does, but he also pays attention to the macro, the fundamentals, the big picture stuff. Writes about it every week here at Sprott Money, so make sure you're checking SprottMoney.com every week under the Insights tab to find David's latest thoughts. And for his most current thoughts, we've got him on here for this podcast. David, thank you so much for spending some time with me. Uh, it's great to be with you again, Craig. My friend, uh, before we get started, I want to re- first remind everybody about Sprott Money because Sprott Money is the sponsor of all of this content. Go to their site for storage deals, bullion deals, and all sorts of assistance uh, If you with your retirement accounts. Um, everything else that Sprott Money can do can be found at their site, SprottMoney.com, but also 888-861-0775. Again, under that Insights tab, you find some of David's work. David, where else can people find you on the internet if they want to follow you? Well, yeah, you mentioned uh, Sprott Money, but you can find me on Twitter at Global Pro Trader. And uh, I also write for another um, platform, SilverChartist.com. Great platform. Uh, yes, I, I, I like to think so, yes. We've got some good guys on there talking about silver and gold and you know, almost everything else as well, but primarily the precious metals. Fantastic. Well, my friend, this has been quite the month. Long, right? 31 days. We're wrapping up the month and the quarter uh, tomorrow, Friday the 31st. But what a change of events. You know, we started the month with uh, Chairman Powell going up on Capitol Hill for a semi-annual Humphrey Hawkins testimony. And he's talking about higher for longer. And I think Fed funds was pricing in a pretty high likelihood of a 50 basis point rate hike at the FOMC that concluded a couple of weeks ago. But then mid-month, here came all this banking crisis stuff. And now we end the month with people wondering if the Fed's even going to hike again before even the Fed themselves is starting to project rate cuts. What do you make of all this from the beginning of the month to the end of the month? And where do you think we stand in terms of monetary policy and the economy and everything else? Well, it's been fun. Um, I'll say that for a start. But yeah, the higher for longer finally uh, bit um, in the sense that, you know, they they created easy money for quite a long time and the banks make their money by investing out long term and getting higher rates as a result, whether it's in terms of loans or buying U.S. treasuries and uh, they pay little to nothing on deposits. Well, the they ran into trouble when depositors suddenly realized that uh, they weren't getting a good deal at uh, Silicon Valley Bank and they were concerned about the uh, financial uh, status of the company and they started a run on the uh, bank. And uh, th- a lot of people were actually uh, bl- believed that this was going to happen, but to actually see it, it was qu- quite profound. And what was more profound to me was after Silicon Valley co- collapsed uh, on March 9th, 
uh, the very next day, I think it was a Saturday, it was a signature bank got into trouble. And then First Republic. And then it was like Credit Suisse. And then there would, uh, spreads on debt were blowing out on every, everywhere from to Barclay, Sock Jen in France. And I was like, whoa. Uh, so it was a bomb about to go off, is my point. Uh, given their policies, given their easy policies, and then the way the balance sheets were structured at each of these banks, and eventually, you know, uh, they reached a tipping point. And that's when the, the Fed and uh, the Treasury had to step in. Um, but the interesting thing for me is now that people believe that those, the fears with regard to the banking crisis have receded, in my opinion, they're by no means over. Um, and I'll point to two, uh, just, you know, very clear indicators of this. Yellen's response it was initially that they would step in to ensure all the depositors of basically all the banks. Then it was the flip-flop, the first flip-flop, where she came out shortly thereafter to say, no, we're going to focus on the uh, deposits of the banks that are systematically, systemically important, uh, i.e. too big to fail. And, uh, well, that meant the small and medium-sized banks were left out to dry. And then changed it again the following day with a more nothing statement where we stand ready to support uh, all the bank's deposits um, as we deem fit. Well, I don't know about you, but when somebody says to me, hey, David, I've got your back, and then tells you that tells me the next day, uh, no, I don't have your back. <laughs> and then, the, and then, then uh, the third day says, uh, we'll see. Right. Uh I, I, I don't feel very comfortable right. that you're going to be there when I need you. And, uh, you know, to state it bluntly as an Irishman, if you are truly willing to back all the banks, wouldn't you come out and state it explicitly? I mean, write it in concrete. Don't worry. We've got all the depositors covered. The, the Fed and the Treasury stand ready to support all of the depositors. But they don't say that. The 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 reason why is a whole other conversation, but what this means is this banking crisis is by no means over, in my opinion. And then I'll switch to the Bank of England on Tuesday, where the governor there said that uh, the banking system is strong. This is in the UK, mm -hmm. but he also said we need we need to remain alert and extremely vigilant with regard to the banking sector. Wait, hold on a second. That That's a contradiction. You said, <laughs> one, one, one second, you said the banking system is strong, but we need to keep all eyes on this right now and, and everybody needs to be on the ball because something could drop. You weren't supposed to I, notice that. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I'm sure a few people like yourself as well, Craig, noticed it. But again, that tells me the banking system is not strong, which, you know, uh, cut to the chase. These central bankers tell you what you want to hear. And this is, uh, there's a reason for it. They want to maintain confidence. They don't want to start a panic. I get it. And Bernanke admitted this a few years ago. But the what I'm trying to take away from all this is the Fears have receded with regard to the banking crisis recently, and we know this because you've seen the banks' uh, indices start to go up. Look at XLF, for example. 
and uh, you've seen bond yields come off because money's coming out of the safety of bonds and going back into stocks. But I'm telling you, in my opinion, this isn't over. This is a pause. There's an eerie calm going on right now. I think you're spot on, my friend. And yeah, and we're you're seeing that in the Fed funds futures market. You know, the Fed can talk about no rate high or no rate cuts, but we're now pricing in as many as four. Um, it's going. I think we're at that point now where people can see that the pause and the pivot and all of that is upon us. And the U.S. economy is obviously uh, heading south as well. Um, you've summarized beautifully what has happened this month. I want to, in our remaining time, talk about gold and silver and maybe the mining shares, David. Um, we are going to paint, unless all heck breaks loose on Friday, some rather significant and large candles, green ones, as a matter of fact, yes. on the monthly chart. And we're also setting up uh, some pretty high quarterly closes as well. By my eye, the highest quarterly close in COMEX gold ever is yeah. about 1950 or so. And we're currently around 1990. Um, let's start with gold. What do you see on that chart? And if you could, as a technician, how significant are all-time highs uh, on something like the quarterly chart? Well, I, I, I think history shows that when you start making higher highs and higher lows uh, on the, i.e. the trend is up, not just on the daily or the weekly, but on the monthly and the quarterly, you can feel pretty good that this is going north in a big way. And my process has been based on look, looking back at history. And I, I, you know, I tend to focus on the baby steps, which is the short term, like the, the four hour or the daily or the weekly. But I do uh, watch uh, the longer term charts, especially the work uh, of the likes of Patrick Kareem and uh, his uh, other compatriot over there, whose name I forget off the top of my head. But those two guys are, are, uh, are fantastic at uh, analyzing these long-term uh, patterns. And I, I think it's extremely uh, encouraging. But I, I just want to uh, go back to the banking crisis. The banking crisis was what triggered the rally off 1819 up to over 2000. And the reason why I went into that discussion on the banking crisis, not just uh, for the reason that you brought it up, but also because that the that was a trigger for gold to go north. Mm -hmm. And the reason I brought it up was a big, I went through it is it's going to come back again, and that's going to cause gold to go even higher, which reflects what you're seeing in the long-term charts and the short-term charts. And then let me pivot excuse that use of the word pivot to the <laughs> fed <laughs> to the fed i i said last week in my sprout money article i believe the fed's done and uh even if they raise 25 basis points they've literally told you we're done you know like right. uh, either we're done already and we're going to let you know on may 3rd or we're going to hike 25 basis points and we're done or we cut but they're done so that explains uh, why you're seeing yields uh, are going up because money's moving back out of the bonds into stocks. Stocks are doing great. Uh, the Dixie's still falling, which doesn't hurt gold either. And uh, you're seeing gold and silver are on the short-term technicals relatively overbought 
extreme, close to extreme overbought, very bullish, which are typically contrarian signs that you should be looking south. Yeah, we could get a short-term pullback, but the bigger picture suggests that even if we do get a pullback, it's just another opportunity to buy, that this, this rally that we've that began when the Fed slowed the rate hikes back on the November 2nd FOMC. This has got legs. Yeah. And we haven't really even kicked off yet. We had a nice dramatic move up initially. Then we had the pullback to the low 1800s. Now we're going over 2000 again. I think this is getting ready to blast off. And whether it's the May 3rd meeting, it's payrolls show that unemployment is rising fast. Uh, the inflation indicators come in low. I, I don't know what it is. Or we get another banking crisis. Another bank right. uh, hits the headlines. Uh, these are just triggers for what's already predetermined to happen, in my opinion. I believe gold and silver are going a lot higher. I had originally had a target on the upside for like 2250, 2300. I like to be conservative unlike other people because you're more likely to reach them rather than say, hey, we're going to 10,000. So uh, I, I raised that to 2600 and that still may be conservative. We could hit 3000. That's where I think this is going. So going back to your question, Craig, do those breakouts on the monthly and quarterly charts uh, mean anything? Hell yes. Every single chart, uh, except for the very short term, because they show they're extremely overbought, that, as I said, shows that we're going north. And when people say, oh, you know, uh, say those, uh, use those data points back to me and say, oh, no, we're going to get a pullback to 1700 or something like that, mm -hmm. uh, I, I say, no, if you look back yeah. at what happened from 2018 to 2020, the bullishness in uh, sentiment, uh, sorry, bullishness, bullishness in gold remained extremely high the whole way up from 1167 to their new record high, except for the March 2020 debacle. Yeah, that was that was the stop. But if you look uh, look at the sentiment indicators, they were all bullish, and then they pull back a little bit or sideways, and then they kept going back up again. And you had higher highs and higher lows. The trend was firmly up. And it was pretty much stuck in overbought condition all the way up. It would go from overbought to neutral, overbought to neutral, uh, at least in the weekly chart and uh, most of the daily charts. It rarely went oversold. So my point is, with all of the fuel that's loading up underneath uh, gold and silver right now, with the Fed being done, another banking crisis probably going to play out here in the next few months, and so many other trigger points as well. I I, I have a hard time being bearish on gold and silver right now. Sure. I mean, let's let's talk just at the, from the layman's terms. You've just seen the banks get into trouble. You've got Yellen saying that we're not, or she's not saying, or she is saying, I don't know anymore, uh, whether they're going to support the depositors of the smaller, media-sized banks. So what are those? Uh, what did we see happen to those deposits? All I know is I bought some silver during the, when this was all going on. Um, uh, the week after SVVB uh, collapsed, and I had trouble getting through. 
And when I finally got through, oh, yeah, we're extraordinarily busy. So I called a few dealers and I got the same response. A lot of people were taking the money out of the banks and putting it not just into bonds, but into gold and silver. Right. And I see that happening again, actually getting worse, you know, uh, because, you know, people are losing confidence in a lot of things. But now it's the banks as well. And where do you run to safety? You know, T-bills, bonds. But yes, gold and silver too. So I think, you know, everything is lining up in my process, especially on the fundamental side, to, for going higher. And the charts, especially the longer term charts, just validate that. Yeah. Uh, David, in our final minutes, I want to ask you about the shares, because I know a lot of folks uh, that yeah. listen to this content, it's brought money, uh, are following the mining shares as well, especially folks up in Canada where it's a big part of of the you know the conversation a lot of investors are in the mining sector yeah it's it's interesting you know the the situation that you describe especially the long-term charts looks to be uh significant to the upside what at least what the potential is shares though you know they've got their in on balance they've got their own issues you know with profitability and sustaining costs and that sort of thing yeah. but you can find proxies i guess for this conversation we'll use the gdx um, yep. when you look at that ETF, what do you see? Do you, where does that stand? And are there levels that people should watch to where you think, okay, this thing is definitely now in an uptrend? Well, yeah, uh, I, I think if we hit a new higher high in GDX shortly, uh, it will confirm that the rally is definitely on and, you know, Gold is the big brother in this sector. I mean, uh, silver is the little brother. And the, the miners kick off uh, the metals, but they also uh, are correlated to stocks in general because they are shares. And people were asking the question, why are the miners underperforming the metals? Well, look at the S&P. What's that doing? Uh, but now, uh, since the fears have resided on the banking crisis, Look what happened. Look what uh, I think we've seen a string of green uh, candles in the S&P. And now we've got a golden cross uh, in the NASDAQ. It looks like, you know, a melt up has begun. Hmm. It, it may not make hmm. sense with everything that's going on with the banks and uh, whatever's go what everything that's going on with the economy and geopolitically. But like the, the price rules and it's going north. Well, if you've got the metals going up and you've got stocks going up, what do you think the miners are going to do? Right. You know, blast off. Uh, that's that's. I, I don't want to boil it down to the, just one simple uh, hyperbolic word, but to be honest, it that's what it looks like. Uh, it could uh, incur a short-term pullback, uh, much like the metals. But yeah, I'm only looking higher from here. Yeah, I'm the wrong person to talk to right now for objective analysis because <laughs> well, uh, for once in a lifetime, everything seems to be really lining up for a big move in both the metals and miners. And uh, I, I, I'm just going to... I, If you were on silverchartist.com, you would know that I'm all in at this point. And, so and talking we, my book, to be could honest. Could we relate uh, that back Lastly, to the those quarterly charts. I mean, the quarterly charts, the long-term cycles, the long-term bull market is what yeah. gets the generalist excited, you know, the stockbroker excited, the, you know, people just looking to asset asset allocate to some a sector that might have a higher 
uh, alpha than uh, other sectors. And, you know, it, it, our sector is so unloved, you just wonder if, again, this confirmation on the quarterly charts might drive some of that generalist investing attention. Yeah, but it's also just that it's a, a, a safety measure uh, right now as well. And that, that's why ordinary people are getting into it as well. Mm -hmm. that, 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 that reminds me of the 1970s. Um, you know, when the dollar was melting down and everybody started running into gold and silver. Uh, I talked to the Tom over at Palisades about a month ago, and I honestly believe we're going to get into a mania uh, situation at some point. And you're going to see a bubble start to uh, develop in uh, gold and silver. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know me, I, I'm not one for uh, hyperbole. I, I'm just telling it like I see it. And everything seems to be lining up for that. And yes, the metals, uh, sorry, the miners will do well also. The only concern I have is that if everything goes to pot with regard to the economy, the financial system, and we get a great reset, is that the miners may be uh, the first stop for the authorities where it's in the sense that they start to nationalize them. Right. And right. Just, you know, to balance the ship uh, as it were. Uh, yeah, you could talk about confiscation of metals, but the, the the easy wins, especially here in Canada, because a lot of mining goes on here, is to nationalize the miners. Uh, the other thing is miners are tend to be used as um, less of a long-term investment vehicle, but a trading vehicle. Well, if you make huge profits on the miners, which I think you will in the next, uh, probably this year alone, but the next couple of years, uh, what do you, when you sell them, what are you going to get? Dollars. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you really want dollars? And that's another right. reason why I, I prefer, like I'm, I prefer physical metals uh, over the miners, even though the miners are probably going to outperform the metals as they always do in bull markets, at least in the next year or so. But thinking long term, I'm heavier weighted towards physical metals than I am to miners. And of course, you can get all the physical metal you want at SprottMoney.com. You like yes. that segue, David? Yes, I do. Love <laughs> that. that was well done. Now, yeah, I'm, I'm the the uh, audio professional here. Can you tell? Uh, anyway, uh, well, uh, just Brooke, throw in one thing: you want to make sure you have physical metals before they're all gone. That's excellent point. That's exactly right. So, uh, David, again, thank you so much. Your expertise uh, in freely sharing it on Twitter, uh, silverchartist.com, but also through your weekly articles here at sproutmoney.com. I just encourage everybody to follow David. Uh, you need as many objective and independent voices as you can to guide you through this, uh, this year and next. And I've known David for a long time. I, I can't uh, give him a strong enough endorsement that he needs to be someone that's on your radar. Uh, David, thank you so much for your time. I thank you, everyone, for listening. Again, please be sure to visit SprottMoney.com on your way out for all your precious metals needs. And we will definitely have another monthly wrap-up segment for you at what will be the end of a, a volatile month of April. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs>